The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus told his disciples a parable about the necessity for them to pray always without becoming weary. He said, There was a judge in a certain town who neither feared God nor respected any human being. And a widow in that town used to come to him and say, Render a just decision for me against my adversary. For a long time the judge was unwilling. But eventually he thought, while it is true that I neither fear God nor respect any human being, because this widow keeps bothering me, I shall deliver a just decision for her, lest she finally come and strike me. The Lord said, pay attention to what the dishonest judge says. Will not God then secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him day and night? Will he be slow to answer them? I tell you, he will see to it that justice is done for them speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. Come, Lord Jesus, and teach us to pray. Amen. You may be seated. So when one has a life of prayer, at some time it's going to happen that you think God's not listening or that prayer doesn't work because you're not seeing results. And the skeptic among us maybe even looks at prayer as maybe a bunch of wishful thinking. But Jesus teaches us, as you just heard, that it is necessary for us to pray always. And to not grow weary, to lose heart, or to despair, we have got to persevere in prayer. And to encourage us, he teaches us another parable on prayer about a widow, vulnerable, defenseless, probably penniless. She doesn't even seem to have a kinsman who'd stand up for her and be her advocate. And she's been wronged. So she does the only thing that she can do. She goes to the judge looking for justice, that he would take the wrong and he would make it right. And she has to badger him because this guy is a louse. God has taught us that we are to care for society's most vulnerable, like widows and orphans. But this guy doesn't care about God. He doesn't care about any. He certainly doesn't care about this widow. The only person he cares about is himself, which is precisely why he eventually gives her what she wants so that she will leave him alone. He is a ruthless, terrible guy. He's even worried, if you caught at the end, it's kind of interesting, that she's going to come and strike him. The Greek word there is a a boxing term. She's going to come and give him a black eye, right? You can almost imagine a little old lady with her handbag, bam, bam, smacking him over the head or or slapping him in the face and spitting on him in disgust. Or maybe what he was worried about is a, a figurative black eye, right? That he would just look bad in the eyes of other people. Whatever the case, he gives her what she wants to get rid of her. Is that how God is? And therefore, that's how we're supposed to act like this widow to get what we want or need from God? Well, of course not. But 
just as we heard last week in the teaching of Jesus, so also this week, that what Jesus is doing is making a comparison, really a contrast, from the least to the greatest. Now, we indeed are like that widow. We are vulnerable and defenseless, and we must completely depend on the judge to give us justice. But she was threatened, and she was ignored. We are safe, and we are heard. See, Jesus is making a very simple point with his teaching. Your judge is better than her judge. You don't have to pester him or punch him. He's ready to listen, and he's always there to give us not always what we want. We, I think we know that, but he's always ready to give us what is right for us. He is not our adversary. He is our advocate. He's always on our side. This God of ours is always for you. And this then is why we trust him, that he's going to give us justice. Our God is in the business of taking what is wrong and making it right. Your judge is better than her judge because your judge is your heavenly father, your Abba. Now, this doesn't completely solve the problem, though, of why sometimes it seems to take him so long to answer us or that he never answers us. And sometimes we indeed do have to wait a long time. But he answers. He always answers. Or he will. There are times when we have to wait until the end of time for the Lord to answer us and to bring us justice. But if you think about it, all of human history is nothing but a blink of the eye compared to an eternity of God's justice. An eternity where when Christ comes again, what did he say? I'm going to make all things new. I'm going to take everything that is wrong with the world and I'm going to make it perfectly right. So when it seems like in our lives God is not answering us or that maybe he's hiding, even this is for our good. He's not playing games with us like hide-and-go-seek or or hard-to-get, but the Lord knows that we give up too quickly. We despair too easily, and oftentimes we settle for something far less than what He would give us. And so what the Lord does is He makes us wait, and that stretches us. It increases our desire for Him. It causes us to seek Him more and more and to hunger and thirst for Him. And it's true, there are times in our lives where the Lord takes us all the way out on the brink, all the way out on the edge, and and there we are, and we think, all all is lost, there's nothing left, and then He comes through and shows us once again, He is faithful. He is always faithful. We do not find our confidence in prayer by our own timetables. We find our confidence in prayer whenever we look at the cross. Because there is the greatest injustice of all, where we, the human race, we beat, we mocked, we spit upon, we rejected, we murdered the innocent Son of God. But you see, what the Son of God did is made himself into the widow. He made himself vulnerable, defenseless, completely dependent upon his judge. Almighty God 
made himself all of this so that he would cry out to his judge for justice. Which is precisely what we hear from Jesus as he's hanging in the cro- on the cross. In, in Luke's gospel, there are three things that Jesus says from the cross. The first one is a prayer. Father, forgive them. And that then includes a thief who's hanging next to him on the cross, who's getting exactly what he deserves. A guy that could be me or could be you, who made a mess out of his life, but he begs Jesus for mercy. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus doesn't deny that prayer. Today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus takes what is wrong and he makes it right. He justifies him. And as he's about to take his last gasp of breath, as he's about to plunge into death, Jesus takes everything that is wrong, everything that's wrong with the world, everything that's wrong in your life and in my life, everything that's wrong with putting the innocent Son of God to death, he takes all of that and he places it in the Father's hands. He trusts that his judge will give him justice, that his judge will vindicate him. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit, my life, my cause, my everything. And the judge gives him justice speedily. Three days later, he rises from the dead. This is why Jesus' prayer gives voice to our prayer. What Jesus says on the cross is what animates our life of prayer. We have to join our prayers to the prayers of Jesus because his judge is our judge who's better than the widow's judge. So as we wrap up this series today, I want you to hear again what Jesus says It is necessary to pray always and to not grow weary. I don't know if you have a plan for prayer in your life. And by that I mean a daily routine and ritual. But if you don't, it's time to make a plan and get started. And if you do have a plan and you have your routine, well, there's always room to grow, isn't there? and to stretch. See, the thing is, if you find yourself always putting off people that you love to spend time with them, or when you do make a plan for them, but you stand them up, well then, what does that say about your love for that person? So then what does it say if we never come to the Lord in prayer? Jesus then finishes this reading with a dagger to the heart. When I return, will I find faith on the earth? Am I going to find any widows relentlessly banging on the door of heaven, not because that's how you get something from a God who doesn't care. No, precisely the opposite, because this God does care, and he loves it when we bang on the door of heaven and come to him again and again and again. What Jesus is looking for in all of us is a little bit of holy defiance, a a faith that refuses to accept things as they are, what's wrong with the world, what's wrong in our own lives, what's wrong in other people's lives. He wants some holy defiance that says, no, the Lord, he is real, and he is present, and he loves us, and he's always going to give to me what is good for me and what is right for me. Holy defiance 
that says no matter what it is, he's got this. My God has this. It is in his hands, and I can hand it over to him. And that relieves me of the worry and the anxiety and the fear and brings me peace and calm. What Jesus is looking for, what holy defiance is, is the faith of Jesus. And when he returns to the earth, will he find any who trust his Father the way that he does? And that's when you realize this faith we're talking about is such a gift. We need the faith of Jesus, and we need him to give it to us by his Holy Spirit. And that's why we ask him not only to teach us to pray, but Lord, help us to believe. Help us to believe. Your faith does not come from your own inner strength and tenacity. Your faith has been born out of your poverty, your helplessness, defenselessness. The minute we think we can do something, we will abandon him and fend for ourselves. We must convince ourselves we can't do anything. We must permanently attach ourselves to him. This is why Jesus says, pray always and do not lose heart. You cannot say, oh, I believe in God and not have a life of prayer. It's one and the same. Faith is prayer and prayer is faith. It is unlimited trust and the unlimited mercy and the goodness of our God. And this is why we must beg Jesus. Jesus, teach us to pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.